Ecclesiastes. I guess it's a book that's not often preached on. And I guess it's a book that we don't often read in our own daily devotions. We should, if we're reading through the Bible systematically, then we will at some time come to this book of Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, the wise Solomon, calls himself the preacher, chapter 1, but I think it's safe to assume it's uh, Solomon, King Solomon. So, would you rather attend a funeral or go to a wedding? King Solomon says it's better to attend a funeral than a wedding. That seems very odd. So I know personally I'd rather go to a wedding than a funeral. But, says Solomon, it's better to go to a funeral because it makes you stop and think about your life and about eternity and where will you be when you leave this world. What is the message of this book of Ecclesiastes? It is that there is no meaning or purpose to life apart from God. In the opening chapter, Solomon says, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. He means that life is meaningless. It doesn't add up without God. And so we must come to search for God. And we must know God if we want direction and purpose in our lives. Now some of you would have met my first wife, Maureen. She was diagnosed with MS. And a friend of ours who had MS for years, uh, Pastor Peter Trumper from Pembrokeshire, he wrote to us and he sent us a card. And on that card was a text that meant come, came to mean a great deal to us. What was that text? Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider. God also have set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. So the text divides into two parts. Praise God on good days. Pause to think on bad days. So the message is good days, bad days. So he says that in the day of prosperity be joyful. Thank God there are many, many good days and we should thank God for them. Wonderful days. When we get married. Wonderful days. When our children are born. Wonderful days when we see our children perhaps graduating from university. 
wonderful days when we, we see them married. There are many, many good days, birthdays, anniversaries. Thank God for them. Thank God that he is good and he's gracious and he's very kind and gives us many, many good days. On good days, praise God. As a pastor in East London, we took the Sunday school children on an outing to a zoo. I don't remember which zoo it was, but I remember the occasion. And children all very excited and uh, everybody enjoyed it except two children one fell in a pond and got rather wet we managed to fish him out a bit embarrassing about to tell his mother we've lost your son in the zoo but there was another little boy who was, was in a grumpy mood he said it'd be all right if it wasn't for the animals Hang on, we're in a zoo. What do you expect to see but animals? <laughs> That's why we came, to see the animals. Oh, I don't want to see animals, he said. And some people are like that. Whatever happens in life, even on the good days, they're grumpy. They're always grumbling. I know a lady. I didn't ask her how she is because I'll be there for the next half hour or more, hearing all about her aches and her pains, and all about a son and somebody else who's got pains and is about to die, and they've got... Oh, no, I can, I, I can be doing without that. So I don't ask her. I just say, hello, hello, and be as friendly as I can to her and her husband, and they're a delightful couple. So, on good days, praise God. But there are dangers on good days. When everything seems to be going well, God is blessing you. There are dangers. And the danger is that in our prosperity, we forget God. Or in days of prosperity, we become slack spiritually. We start leaving off our Bible readings and we start leaving off our prayer times and we start becoming careless about what we think are little sins and if we're not careful we can find ourselves drifting away from our closeness to God so in days of prosperity praise God but be awake there are dangers. Some time ago in my daily reading of scripture, I read through Deuteronomy. It's not an easy book to read. But a constant theme in Deuteronomy is remember, remember, remember. When you enter the promised land, they're almost into the promised land. Moses is reminding them of God's law. And constantly God says through Moses, remember when you in the land flowing with milk and honey, and God is blessing you. Remember, remember your God. Do not forsake him. Do not drift spiritually. Tragically, they didn't remember that constant reminder. Remember, remember. So the first point, 
is praise God in good days. I'm going to spend a little more time with the second point. Pause to think on bad days. Look at our text. In the day of prosperity be joyful. But in the day of adversity consider. So pause to think on bad days. Consider what can I learn about God in my adversity. Troubled times are a time when God is saying, listen up. Learn from what you're experiencing and suffering. Think about what can I learn about God? And then think, what can I learn about myself? It may be in times of adversity, we, 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 we realise that we're not as strong as we thought we were. When all things are going well, ah, we think we're strong, we're making good progress. Mm -hmm. And then we it a difficult time. Then we think, ah, oh, where are my resources? I'm not as strong as I thought I was. And some of our self-confidence can be shattered. But that's good. Pause to think in days of adversity. And what should we think about? What should we consider? Well, first, that God is in control. Our text says, God also hath set the one over against the other. In other words, God is in control of the good days. God is in control of the bad days. God's in control of all of our days. So God has planned the past, the present and the future. So whatever is in your past, and there may be a lot of sorrow there, there may be things that have happened in your childhood, and certainly in my childhood, which were painful, unpleasant, and yet we think God has planned all of my past and all of my present, whatever my circumstances at the moment, whether they're good days, bad days, God's planned them, and whatever's in the future. When we get into the future, as each day comes, it's a day which God has planned for our good, for our benefit. Consider God is in control of all things. Well, here we are almost at the end of 2023. And a while back I bought a diary for 2024. And already Sundays and beginning to fill up with preaching uh, and other things we need to be doing or plan to be doing off the Jersey to see family at the beginning of January. But they're my plans. But God may say, no, they are not my plans. But whatever God wants me to do, I will do. Wherever God wants me to be, that's where I will be. Do you remember back to COVID? We've not completely got out of it, have we? Unfortunately. But in COVID, I had a diary full of 
preaching engagements and things to do in 2010. And one by one, emails arrived or telephone calls. Well, we're, we're going to stand, we're going to have to cancel that date. We had no choice about it, did we? <laughs> we couldn't get out to worship as we wanted to. We're into Zoom. We learned a lot about Zoom and YouTube and all kinds of technical things. But, but we had made our plans. But COVID was in God's plan. And I hope and pray we've learned many things from it. We had all our plans, all of our schemes, all of our dreams. And God said, no, no, you won't be doing those things. You'll be learning new things. And in COVID, we should have been saying, well, God, what do you want to teach us in this time of difficulty, perplexity? I hope we've learned from that time. Well, we have to change our plans we often have to have a plan B. There have been times when we've been in Jersey and because it's an island, it gets foggy and, and uh, no planes out. On one occasion, we had to stay overnight, a further night with our daughter. We wanted to be back in the UK, but no, no, we had to stay and fortunately we're with our daughter, so that wasn't a real problem. We just stayed a bit longer. But God never changes his plans. The God who controls all things, the God who says consider in the day of adversity is a God who never, never changes. He doesn't need to change. He can't change for the better because he's holy. And he can't change for the worse because he's holy. And because he's a God of wisdom who knows all things and plans all things, he doesn't need to change. And nothing takes God by surprise. Things take us by surprise, don't they? Maybe a phone call. Oh dear. Someone you love has died. Someone near to you has been taken into hospital at an accident taken suddenly unwell and we are taken by surprise maybe we're shattered takes us a while to 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 regain our balance and and and, and remember that, that god is in control nothing takes the sovereign wise loving caring heavenly father by surprise and that has been a bedrock for me in my life to know that God's in control and God plans all things. So God has written. Imagine God's got a book. And he's written in his book, in his diary, the good days, oh, thank God for them. And he's also written some bad days, what we think are bad days. But they're all in God's plan. And God is good. God is caring. And God is wise. So just as we need the sun and the rain to make the crops grow, so we need the sun of God's love, the good days, and the rain torrents of adversity to make the fruit of the Spirit grow in our lives so we consider that god 
is in control. So what are we to do? We are to live for God. Take each day, thank God for it, pray for his grace to go through each day and live for God. It's our duty and should be our delight to love God, serve God wholeheartedly on good days and bad days. So consider God is in control. But consider also this, that the adversity will end. Now, you notice in our text that the wise man says that uh, in the day of prosperity, in the day of adversity, the day, why not simply say in adversity, in the time of adversity? No, no, says Solomon, I want you to understand it's in the day of adversity. And I want you to understand that a day ends. And adversity is not forever. It will end. There is a time when it will end. Now, it may seem to go on and on. Especially if, like my first wife, you have MS or some illness that is, is, is incurable. It is... Uh, uh, goes on and on. MS is a slow way to die. And you have to think, well, there will be an end to this. Maybe not in this life. But God will take us out of the adversity. If not in this life, then certainly when he takes us into his presence. So time is short compared to eternity. Let me just remind you what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think when we think about adversity, the day of adversity, it has an end, it's not forever. We ought to think of Paul's great words in 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. 2 Corinthians and right at the very end of that chapter, chapter 4. This is what he says. He says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Light affliction, weight of glory. Time, eternity. While we look not of the things which are seen, <coughs> the pain, the disappointment, the frustration, all my hopes and dreams shattered. That's the things that are seen. No, no, don't focus on them. But look at the things which are not seen. Heaven, glory, your relationship with God. Nothing can change that. Whatever adversity cannot change God's relationship with you or your relationship with him. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are seen are eternal. They're temporal. It's a day of adversity. Yes, it may be a very long day. You may go on to live into 80, 90 and, and still be suffering. But, but eternity is forever and ever 
and ever and ever. We can't begin to imagine what that's like, can we? A world that never ends. A world where there's no pain, where there's no grief, where there's no adversity. But that's what God has promised us. And God keeps his word. So adversity will end. God will bring us through our adversity into heaven. And remember that great promise at the end in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, that we're, we're going to be in a world where there's no pain, no sorrow, no dying, no funerals to attend, no doctor's appointments. Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? No tablets to take every morning and every evening. We won't have a body that, in my experience, I get older, the body doesn't work like it used to. Bits don't work right. I'm wearing out. <laughs> ah, we'll have a wonderful new body. And we'll be forever with the Lord. Consider, in the days of adversity, pause and consider. Consider that God's in control. Consider that adversity is temporal. It is but a day. But also think that there are dangers in the days of adversity. The dangers in the, door, the day of prosperity is to become careless, spiritually careless. But what are the dangers in the days of adversity? Well, sometimes suffering leads to bitterness. Why should God allow me to suffer? Bitterness. And there's a danger that we hold, hold a grudge against God. God's taken the part I love. God has given me a disabled child. And, 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 and you're, it's as if you're waving the fist at God. But that attitude is saying, I know better than God. You can't know better than God. He's, 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 he's wise. <laughs> he's loving. He's caring. You can't arrange things better than God. No, no. There's a danger in adversity to become bitter towards God and bitter and irritable with those we love, our carers. We can say unkind words to the one we love the most because of our adversity, because of our pain. And therefore we have to seek God's grace and God's help. I pray that I may not, as I get older, become a grumpy old man. I pray that I will grow old graciously and uh, not be too irritable with my dear wife. We all get irritable at times, sadly. So what should we do? Here we are. Life is becoming difficult. Let's be honest. It's becoming unbearable. You say, I can't take anymore. I've just about had enough. And you're, you're going into the depths of despair, depression. And we mustn't treat those things lightly. Of course not. Christians can go into great depths. I mean, studying the book of Job... Job, poor Job, look at his sufferings. But what we should do is remind ourselves 
of God's great love. Let me remind you again of Romans 8. We shouldn't go far from (coughs) Romans 8, especially those closing verses. Remember that God's love is unchanging. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Remember that when you are tempted to become angry with God and angry with other people, angry with life itself. Romans 8. You'll be familiar with these wonderful words in, in, in verse... Um, where shall we start? It's a wonderful chapter, isn't it? Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And then at the end of the chapter he says there, Who shall separate us, verse 35, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? As it is written, for your sake, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than a conqueror? Yes, yes, says Paul. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Death, that can't separate us from God, can it? It is the door in to the immediate presence of God. We should not fear it. Because it takes us to God. So what should we consider? God is in control. Adversity will end. There are dangers in adversity. And just one more thing. Only God knows the future. Back to our text. That's what the end of the verse means. That God hath set one over against the other to the end that man should not find nothing after him. So the idea is that you, 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 you cannot see the future. You cannot predict the future. But God has already planned the future. Sometimes when I can't sleep, my brain goes into superactivity. And I start wondering about dying, getting older. I've lived most of my life now. It's not that I'm afraid, in a sense, to die, because I know it will take me into God's presence. What worries me sometimes is, how will I die? Will I get cancer? Will I be in great pain? Will I lose my memory and become a... uh, you have dementia. Become a burden to everybody. I won't know about it. I'll be cheerfully happy. And then I think, just a moment, what are you doing? Haven't you preached time and time again that God is in control and God is sovereign and God is loving and God is caring and God plans the future? What are you doing worrying about all these things? And I have to say, Lord, forgive me. Help me to trust you. Help me to love you, whatever. In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider 
God also have set one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. Is it really possible to live by this text? Yes. You would have heard of Johnny. Johnny Erickson Tedder. Last June she celebrated what some 50 years of being disabled. A diving accident when she was 17 left her paralysed from the neck down. And she wrote on Facebook, she said, I'm celebrating. And Ken, her husband, says, no, you can't. You can't talk about celebrating an accident that's left you disabled for all of your life. And she said, but look at all the doors that it has opened for me. Look at all the people I've been able to talk to about the Lord Jesus, about God, about salvation because of my accident. And Kenneth will say, well, yes, I guess that's something to celebrate, isn't it? And she says that each year that passes, things get harder. My body is getting weaker. But I've fought so many tough battles in the 56 years I've been paralysed. I'm not about to cave in now. Only the, over the de decades, Jesus has granted me too many victories. And so today, on July the 30th, she wrote, I'm looking at this anniversary as a fresh commitment. When discouragement looms, I'm committed to still have scripture shape my outlook. I'm committed to not slacking off, but staying in the good fight. To trust God through 50, 56 years of hardship, that's an anniversary well worth celebrating. And Ken agrees with me there, she says. And she says this, So, whatever hardship is troubling you today, stay in the fight against a dark outlook on your hardships because the Christian fight is always a good one. And someone else who understood how to be joyful in good days and to consider in bad days was a German of the 17th century, a man called George Lumach. And he wrote the hymn which, after I pray, we're going to sing. Leave God to order all thy ways and hope in him whate'er betide. Thou find in him in the evil days thy all-sufficient strength and guide who trust in God's unchanging love. That's a man who was suffering. He knew pain from experience. He says, leave God to order all thy ways. That surely is the message of Ecclesiastes 7, verse 14. Let's pray. So, Lord our God, we thank you then for this wise man Solomon. And we thank you for these words that he wrote that are so encouraging and yet so challenging help us oh god to be joyful on the good days help us to trust you more and to love you more on those <coughs> bad days and some oh god have had very bad days some of us have walked through very dark valleys but we have proved your presence your peace and we have proved your 
all sufficiency. So help us, O oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.